0: How do you create a ripple effect to learn better and live better? I mean, who doesn't want that, right? And I'm really excited to have today, Dr. Greg Wells. Thanks for being here, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Now, Greg is the author of this new book, The Ripple Effect. I highly recommend everyone pick up this book. You also wrote a book previous before this, right?
1: Yeah, it was called Superbodies, and that one was all about high-performance sport. And then this one is all about how we can optimize our lives.
0: And that's really your expertise, yeah, is in performance. Absolutely.
1: Trying to take the research from the extremes of human sports, performance, and medicine, and make that what all of us can use to optimize our lives. All our- right
0: audience of quick brains, that's what they're all about. They wanna be faster, smarter, better. And what we're doing is prying people really with an owner's manual for that. Now we happen to be at an event speaking together. We were doing keynotes together at this event, really about elite mental performance. So I'm really excited to go into this. Now, how did this all start with the ripple effect? And what is a ripple effect?
1: So it all started about six years ago. I was a young family, super busy, moving houses, getting ready to go commentate the Olympics. And my daughter got a cold at daycare. I got the cold and I was so run down, it went straight into my heart. I ended up in the cardiac ward at Toronto General Hospital where I work, which is awesome, checking yourself in your own hospital. And while I was in the cardiac ward, I noticed that the alarms were going off and there's lights everywhere and no one's sleeping. And then they bring us food, and the food is exactly the type of food that causes heart disease. Like they're literally giving us heart disease while you're in the cardiac ward. And I started doing research on my iPad while I was in the cardiac ward, so I could log into the hospital network. And I was like, how do I make sure I never, ever, ever come back here? And I started to read about sleep and cancer, sleep and heart disease, sleep and depression and the links between food and how you can use food as uh, treatment for physical diseases. Now there's even uh, nutritional psychiatry that's coming out where you can use food to treat mental health disorders and how you can use exercise to heal the body. And so then obviously I learned about meditation and how meditation reduces inflammation. I realized you have to have this holistic approach to getting out and never, ever, ever coming back. And that's what I call the ripple effect. And that was the start of a crazy journey.
0: And so it's not just one thing at all. It's just everyone always wants to know what the one thing they could do to just have the best brain of their life, to be able to think clearly, to be able to perform and have unlimited energy.
1: hundred percent. And you know what, that's, it's fine. One thing will help you. But what I think we miss sometimes is that it's a holistic approach. It's a lifestyle for success comes from a great lifestyle, right? Instead of success, often people think I'm going to get rich, then I'm going to start living properly. It's actually the other way around. You live properly, then you have success. And so if you sleep better, for example, you're going to be able to eat better because sleep regulates leptin and ghrelin, two hormones that control your appetite and how full you feel. Then if you eat healthier because you're able to make better decisions because you slept well, you're going to have more energy. If you have more energy, you're going to be able to exercise. If you exercise, you're going to be able to sleep better. And all of that is the foundation for being able to be mentally healthy in this era where 20% of our population has depression, anxiety, and other mental health challenges. I actually think we radically need a new approach to how we're doing things.
0: Hmm. And I know our community can really appreciate this message. So this is about really it's about synergy, It's about momentum. I mean, is that what the ripple effect is?
1: 100%, and when you get this momentum, when you start making little micro-wins on a daily basis, 1% gains, which is 15 minutes of your day, that's 20 calories, 15 minutes more sleep. Everything exponentially gets better in your life, and it enables you to do things you were never imagined you could do before. Like if you sleep well, when you sleep is when you encode information from the day. That's when you learn in the first four and a half hours of sleep, the first three sleep cycles when you're in deep sleep. That's when the neurons grow. That's when new connections are made between neurons inside the brain. When you eat properly, when you have healthy foods, organic, as real as you can, no processed foods, you know, minimal sugars. When you eat that way your brain actually creates the neurotransmitters that help you to concentrate and to focus. When you exercise, you activate the centers of your brain that you use to learn, to be creative, to problem-solve. We now know that walking leads to creativity. Walking in nature improves problem-solving. One single exercise, about 20 minutes, improves mental function for 15 hours. Like, why are we not starting every single school day with kids getting physically active? Imagine what we could do. And then all of those things compound to help us prevent, treat, reduce Mental health challenges, mild mental health challenges like depression and anxiety. More severe mental health challenges like personality disorders and schizophrenia require a very different approach. But for the mild to moderate mental health issues, this is how we have to approach it.
0: Okay, so let's break this down and deconstruct this. So how many elements are here?
1: Four. Eat, sleep, move, think.
0: And then where would people start, you know, quick brain really is about those things. You know, it's about cognitive performance, which is conversations all about, because this is what controls everything. It's about being quick because people are so busy nowadays. They want things in bite size and then also practical. So, and I know you will, you know, as a practitioner, you want to, you know, where the rubber meets the road for those four areas, where can someone start? What do you recommend?
1: I truly believe that sleep is the foundation for everything. So first and foremost, I want people to think about sleeping. And I think the single fastest hack to improve sleeping is defend your last hour. Please, 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 for one hour before you go to sleep at night, create a sleep routine that enables you to downshift, to relax, get away from your devices, calm down, take a hot bath, meditate. The hot bath, cold shower combo is awesome for triggering the release of melatonin. Start with sleep, defend your last hour.
0: I love that. Let's walk through your last hour <laughs> of the day. We talk a lot about morning routines you know, the first hour of your day. So what's the last
1: hour of your day look like? Three components when I do this right. The first one is hot bath, cold shower because I want to relax. I want to get into an environment where I'm not tempted to look at my phone because I'll electrocute myself. And the (laughs) hot bath enables you to relax. And the cold shower decreases your body temperature, triggers the release.
0: How do you put anything in your
1: bath? Epsom salts. Absolutely. Especially if I've worked out. And the magnesium is good. Absolutely. Magnesium is great for helping you to sleep. I also had my blood work done, comprehensive blood work. I found out that I was low in magnesium. So it's actually one of the mechanisms through which I increase my. Magnesium intake.
0: And it's good absorption transdermally. Like yeah, and you know
1: what's amazing is that a lot of people don't realize we actually can absorb and release a huge amount of toxic minerals and vitamins. We move an enormous amount of material through your skin. It's a huge organ. It's not necessarily just through your stomach that you take in nutrients. Yeah, but people put
0: patches all the time I and mean, the nicotine patches everything. But yeah. imagine what people are putting on their, you know, all the chemicals. I read somewhere women put over 100 chemicals or something a day just on personal care products. Yeah. And It's interesting. How long is it a certain amount of time in a bath?
1: I like about 10 minutes. And so if the 10 minutes followed by the cool shower to cool you off, stop sweating. The decrease in body temperature triggers the release of melatonin. Melatonin is the hormone that controls sleep-wake cycles. So naturally increasing melatonin production, I think, is a really good strategy for people.
0: Okay. So you have your hot bath with the Epsom salt. You take a cold shower for the contrast. And then after that?
1: Meditation. 20 minutes. I'm really straightforward. I just use Headspace. It's really easy. They've got a sleep pack that I've got 30 episodes. I'm working my <laughs> way through that. I do it over and over and over again. In the morning, I have a different routine, but at night, the Headspace pack is easy to do if I'm traveling and I'm learning and being becoming better at it, that I don't really need it anymore. But that's how I started. And I find that clearing my thoughts, letting go of the day stopping ruminating thinking, stopping replaying what was going on, creating a barrier between the day and when I want to fall asleep. Meditation helps help you me to
0: transition in those brainwave states from beta to those lower
1: percent. Yeah. States. You want to go from beta waves down to alpha waves, which is sort of reflection and contemplation. And then you let that go and you end up down into ideally, obviously when you're sleeping, delta waves and then and ultimately into deep delta waves. So that's the goal.
0: Amazing. Now, do you happen when you're doing your meditation to fall asleep from there?
1: Not very often for some reason. I think that I'm trying now through focusing on breath, through focusing on releasing tension from all the different parts of my body, you know, really activating. You can basically feel your vagus nerve come online, right? And you can feel your parasympathetic system take over once you release all of that that's the scientist overthinking meditation in the sleep routine. Of course, you want to try to let that go. But no, I don't have trouble falling asleep when I'm meditating. The next thing I do is I read fiction. And whenever I read fiction, then it's either a minute and I'm asleep or it's about 20 minutes and I'm asleep. But that's the next step. Nothing industry related. I don't like reading anything that's a learning opportunity at that point in time. I like to read something that creates a, almost like a dream state in my brain which then makes it very easy to fall asleep quickly and deeply.
0: Very nice. Your environment, do you have like a sleep sanctuary? Is there certain things? Yeah, we
1: call it the sleep cave. The sleep cave. It's taken a lot of work. So blackout blinds, we invest in blackout blinds for the entire top two floors of our house. Like even a tiny bit of light filtering into your room through a crack in the blinds, through an alarm clock on your bed. Mm -hmm. All of that has an effect. There was a
0: study where they put a little red light behind somebody's kneecap and, you know, these photoreceptors on your body that kept somebody up
1: Up. yeah as soon as the photoreceptors are activated you literally stop the production of melatonin which makes it almost impossible to fall asleep quickly and deeply another hack for people by the way is to set a bedtime alarm not a morning alarm you need to actually set an alarm to get yourself going to sleep at a consistent time every single night so your body knows when to release the hormones that enable you to fall asleep. So even on weekends,
0: you recommend people to stay on that schedule because so many yeah. people want to sleep in in the morning or go to bed.
1: The more we stay consistent with it in my home, the better everybody is. Yeah. It's a really important factor. No,
0: we probably just, as people are listening to this, you know, they have young kids. Now, this is ideal situation, obviously.
1: It is, but I've got two little kids. I've got a four-year-old and an eight-year-old. And we only started doing this in my house when my daughter, Ingrid, about three or four years ago, got really sick. Like, she got viral encephalitis. She was hospitalized. She nearly... She had seizures. There were some severe challenges with the way that her brain was working. And so we instituted all of this about four years ago. And that was the foundation of our entire family starting to do it better. So we did it under the worst circumstances. Young kids, early in our careers. My wife's a chiropractor, acupuncture, massage therapy, athletic therapist, like her career was launching. Mine was like exploding. Like it was the worst time ever to start working on sleep. And that's when we had to do it. And it's completely revolutionary. It's interesting
0: because when, it, when things are like that, is when you really have to ground and invest in self care. Absolutely. People say, like, oh, I'm too busy to meditate for 20 minutes. That person's got to meditate for like an hour. That person really yeah.
1: needs it more than anybody. As soon as someone tells you they don't have time to meditate, that's like the exact person who needs to meditate, like, way more. It's so important.
0: And no screens?
1: No screens for an hour, at least before you go to sleep. And I don't think we make great decisions late at night anyway. I don't think you're being hyper productive unless you're a night owl, and some people are. But I actually don't think that it's a great way for you to be spending your time. A good analogy is I used to work in sport, and Olympic sport. And in the 80s and 90s, it was a high-volume training philosophy. You just get, who could do the most training for the longest made the Olympics? And it was basically whoever didn't get injured was the one that you know ended up on the podium. And now it's completely different. And back then, you only were able to perform at a world-class level, maybe once a year, maybe twice, and really only every four years at the Olympic Games. It's completely different now. It's all about recovery and regeneration. And as a result, athletes are setting world records repeatedly throughout the course of their careers or almost twice as long as they used to be. People aren't getting injured. They're having completely different lives as a result. And I think that's a good metaphor for us to adopt, especially in the entrepreneurial world where we're, you know, the culture right now is go, 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 go. Hustle, 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 work, 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 work. Which is fine. You got to work hard. But I think there's a way of working smart and there's a way of working really, really hard. And I think that you have to work smart if you want to win. It's a marathon. If you want to win a marathon, you've got to work smart, not hard.
0: That's like our mantra with this show. (laughs) So now that you have sleep, what would be the next phase from there?
1: Next step is eating well.
0: Because what you eat matters.
1: It's the fuel. Like I've got this huge nutrition textbook at my house from university. And the very first line in it is nutrition is the foundation for human health and performance. And I work in exercise medicine, and we are discovering that you can use foods to prevent and treat chronic illnesses. You can use foods to prevent and treat mental illnesses. Like it's just revolutionizing our world right now. And the whole system is set up to try to feed us really awful food in order for companies to make a lot of money. And I think we need to fight back and do things very, very differently. Hmm.
0: So what are some of the things that people should be aware of, like the high return things that they can do for them and their families?
1: Super simple. I think eat real food that you recognize as food. Like, literally, it's that basic. You mean, you mean
0: the processed food where you can't pronounce half the ingredients, It's not... If it's
1: best. in a box, like, it's not food, like, actually try it. Show processed food to an animal and they won't eat it. So if you can't recognize it as an actual food, like, you really shouldn't be If you look
0: at the production, the box or the bag probably costs more than
1: the actual food. If it can survive for a year on the shelf, you probably shouldn't be eating it. Just eat makes real. really basic sense, right? So eat real food that you recognize as food. I would recommend that people invest in actually making it themselves. And I know that that's hard because people are super busy, but we've done it in such a way that we block it. We do Tuesday night, Thursday night or food prep nights. So we chop all of our vegetables. We cook all of our protein. We put it in Tupperware. We make the lunches and dinners. Sunday nights, we do breakfasts for four days in a row. Like we, you know, prep all the smoothies. We do the overnight oats. And that way it just makes it super simple, super fast because you have to control your environment. Because when you're tired, you don't make good decisions. And so if it's in your house, you or someone that you love will eventually eat it. And it's a little idea from Dr. John Berardi and Precision Nutrition. So your house has to be a sanctuary of healthy food for you.
0: I mean, just like with your sleep sanctuary, you have your cave there and also the kitchen and you set up the environment to be able to promote good habits. and
1: Excellence is not an accident. Excellence is an outcome of environment, practice, consistency. And you want to just make that environment as perfect as you can. Control your environment and excellence is inevitable like and people
0: why wonder you? why they have if they have the candy and the cheetos everything there. That gonna they're going to eat gonna, it eventually and then you also have to use willpower every single time let's say you don't eat bread or something and they bring it out to the table and it just sits there and you have to like say no 30 times as yeah. opposed to saying no once
1: and every once in a while have a treat like i'm not saying you have to be perfect 100 of the time if 90 of the time you're doing the right thing you're ultimately going to win over time but I believe in your workplace being the optimized environment and your home being the optimized environment. And if you want to do something special, then you know what? Go out for dinner. Have an incredible dinner. Have a glass of wine. Have a dessert on birthdays, right? Like, don't stress out about that. It's a normal part of life. That's totally fine. And
0: that stress is, makes sense, too, because there's so many people who are so obsessed about their diet, and that counteracts any benefit they're going to get. <laughs> because to you that stress
1: dump adrenaline and cortisol in your system, which instantaneously makes you make bad decisions about food because you're in a survival mode. And in survival mode, you need energy in order to run or fight from an evolutionary perspective. So you cannot make good decisions if you're operating like that.
0: And just another commentary on just the ripple effect, how everything is connected.
1: Absolutely, and we don't often make the connection between food and the brain, but I would love everyone just to contemplate. Like if you have a time of day that you struggle with, I want you to deconstruct what you ate a couple hours before. So if every afternoon, two o'clock in the afternoon, you have brain fog or you're struggling, okay, well, what are you eating for lunch? Because that's probably influencing how you feel an hour or two later. Change that and biohack your way into feeling amazing all the time. You should have great energy all the time. Like we're not designed to be tired. We're not supposed to be tired during the day. You're not supposed to feel sluggish. You're not supposed to feel sore. You're supposed to have energy. You're supposed to have clarity. You're supposed to have the ability to think and be creative. That is a normal state for humans. So if you're struggling with that, just reverse engineer what you want and find the foods that give you great energy for long periods of time and also that make your body better. So it's not just energy because like blasting yourself with some energy drink could do that. But if you have great energy and you feel healthier and your body composition is optimizing and you have no aches and pains pay attention to you as a complete human and that will really guide you on the right decisions to make.
0: I like that because a lot of people are giving away their power to some source, you know, from an author or someone on a podcast or someone on stage, but ultimately we are our own expert, we know ourselves.
1: And everyone's different, right? What works for one person will be slightly different. My wife can eat a very different diet and function at a high level than I can. My daughter and I have a very specific physiology and we have to eat a certain way. My wife and my son are completely different and They actually operate way better on a different diet than we do so we've sort of titred to that we're very very clean we're about 90 percent plant-based lots of organic protein but she can tolerate more carbohydrate than i can so you just have to sort of figure out what works for each of you and then go from there you know one of the really interesting things that we did recently at our house was we're trying to get more green vegetables into our systems because i have cancer in my family so i'm really interested in preventing cancer i think there's pretty cool evidence that shows that green and purple vegetables have anti-cancer properties Yellow, orange, and red vegetables have anti-cardiovascular disease properties, so we're trying to really focus on green and purple. So I think if we just listen to ourselves, there's tremendous insights you can get from being aware of how you feel and understanding that how you feel is under your control. And you can take steps to actually regain control of how you feel. You can get control of your health. Get control of your energy, feel amazing, and not burn yourself out. This isn't about blasting through, this is about creating an incredible life where you feel fantastic, you can reach your potential, you can think better, you can be hyper creative, and you can do it for decades.
0: Yeah, because it's sustainable. Want to double your brain speed and memory power? If you'd like to learn rapidly and get ahead faster, I'd like to give you my brand new Quick Brain Accelerator program. You will discover exactly what I teach my clients to learn, read, and remember anything in half the time. There is no charge. It's my gift to you for being one of our subscribers. That's kwikbrain.com. Or simply text the word podcast to 916-822-7246 and we'll send you a direct link. And finally, the T stands for teach. You want to learn faster now? The key is to lock it in right away by teaching it to someone else. When you teach something, you get to learn it twice. Here's a simple way to do that. Leave a review on iTunes. Leave a review with your biggest takeaway from this episode. You could also post and share this podcast on your social media. It helps us spread our mission of building better, brighter brains. And of course, tag us so our team can properly thank you. Hashtag QuickBrain, K-W-I-K Brain. Mine is at Jim Quick, K-W-I-K, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So what does FAST stand for? Facebook, apply, subscribe, teach. I'll see you in our next episode of Quick Brain. Until then, remember, you are faster and smarter than you think.